This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. Wild Waterways Adventures officially launched last year, but for Jennifer Smalley, it's part of a lifelong pursuit. My whole entire life, I've had an affinity and a connection with wildlife, and I've always wanted to do the same thing. And I thought I would go to college to become a wildlife biologist or fisheries biologist. Then when I finally went to college, I realized I wasn't really into running statistics and and mathematical models. (laughs) I wanted to be out in the field with the wildlife. So when I graduated, just on a whim, I had gotten a job in the field of ecotourism out of Campbell River. That was a long time ago now. And I had already been working on the coast, like in tourism my whole entire life and working up in Haida Gwaii at fishing lodges for a number of years. That's kind of how this all went into action, it was really fish that inspired me to just see this incredible web of life that was so precious and so fragile. So when I graduated, I got this job as an uh, ecotourism guide. It was interesting because I went from a single 90 Merc engine on a little aluminum fishing boat to twin 300 horsepower Yamaha engines on a 20 foot a 26 foot Zodiac. It was quite the uh, steep learning curve and especially being in Campbell river with these crazy tumultuous waters, like all of the tidal rapids and everything. But I just, I fell in love with the interpretation and guiding in these really magical waters and basically guiding in this field for 16 years. And it's been seven years in Campbell river. We basically had our boat contracted out to other businesses locally for a number of years. And we, Ruben Berge and myself, finally decided we were working for other people's visions and we had a unique vision. Is Ruben your personal partner as well as your business partner? Yes, he is. We actually met at the fuel dock in Campbell River. We, he had one Zodiac for one company and I had a Zodiac for another company. And that's pretty funny. That's, that's where we met. That was five years ago. Tell me about the initial transition to becoming your own company. So that transition started in around 2019 and was in the works 2018. We still had the boat contracted out to another adventure tourism company, which was really extremely helpful with NIFS, the North Island Employment Foundation Society. They really supported me and I went into a business program that was funded by the government. They work with you from your initial vision and your ideas all the way through to launch. And they give you a little bit of funding. It's not much, but they give you funding so that you can support yourself and pay your bills while you're in the program. That's how it came to fruition. We had the guiding skills. We had the nautical skills. We've been both doing it our whole entire lives, working in the tourism industry and working you know, out in the backcountry and on the water. However, we didn't have the business skills. <laughs> <laughs> The plan was to open in 2020, but due to COVID and the pandemic, that was a (laughs) no-go. We were still working on everything behind the scenes, and we opened the following year in 2021. It has been a great success so far. On your website, I see five tours. Yeah. The Great Bear, the Wildlife, the Whale. Can you talk about some high points I'm thinking of nice stories from your trips, and I'm especially interested in the Discovery Islands, anywhere from Desolation Sound 
to West Thurlow, to Cortez, to wherever in there? Well, it's interesting because I worked in Haida Gwaii for 10 years at these fishing lodges. And it was really hard to leave because it was so beautiful. I really just thought, what is going to rival this kind of electric beauty and the uniqueness of that place? And when I randomly got that job out of college in Campbell River, I remember people saying, we are going to Campbell River. That's not a very nice place. I really had no idea. And then when I got here, I was just absolutely blown away. I'm like, well, these people don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) They'd obviously never been in the Discovery Islands. One of the unique features, these microhabitats that we have all along the coast from Alaska all the way down. There's so many unique features. And what we have here are these tidal rapids, right? So within the tidal rapids on many tours, we experience uh, these just really extraordinary natural phenomenons that happen. And one of, you know, one of my favorite experiences uh, is spending time with our guests or even with friends watching what some people call the Eagle Show. What happens is right in the heart of the Discovery Islands at the northern point, Sonora Island, Stewart Island, um, there's the Aaron Rapids, which is actually the second fastest tidal rapid in the world. And uh, Yakulta Rapids, Dent Rapids. So when we're out there, especially in the Yakulta Rapids, there's a hake run that happens every year. So these bottom-dwelling fish, but the juveniles can't manage to um, navigate through the big flood tides with these whirlpools. And so what happens is all fish have gas bladders and that's how they maintain their spot in the water column. So they'll open it if they want to go up and they'll depress it if they want to go down. So what happens is when these big whirlpools come and these big tides, it's crazy, huge currents, boiling water, they get forced up the water column so fast. It's like when you're fishing for a bottom fish, like a rock fish, you know, 200 feet down, you reel them up super fast and the gas bladder pops because it's coming up unnaturally fast. Same thing happens with the hake. So you'll have like starting in June, there'll be just runs of hake that will come through those rapids and they'll all get forced up the water column. They'll all be sitting there and they're still alive, but they're all flopping around at the surface and they can't get back down because their gas bladders are open. Eagles are very opportunistic. I fished all over the coast. I was a fly fisherwoman. I fished the Squamish up on the Skeena, multiple tributaries of the Skeena all over BC. And I've seen a lot of eagles line up for the salmon. However, I've never seen hundreds of eagles dive bombing in very tumultuous waters with whirlpools and rips uh, for hake. This is really something that is extraordinary. It is unique. And literally we sit in the zodiacs and we bob around in the rapids while these beautiful bald eagles are diving for these hake all around us, all around the boat. They're all over the trees. And the interesting thing is, is that when it's on the ebb when the tide switches to an ebb or a slack tide, the eagles are gone. You might see one or two. They just aren't there. It's absolutely extraordinary. And it's definitely something that's very unique to this area and something that I really, really enjoy. And we see that on every tour that we have on our website, you know, the tree of life, the into the wild, the majestic whales, the great bear, all of them will run through these rapids, the Eagle show. And it starts to peter off in August because the eagles start to move up to the salmon-bearing rivers and streams. Tell me a special whale-watching tour. So we have the Majestic Whales. That's our all-day adventure, and we're really proud of that adventure. 
We have a farm to table lunch that we include with that as well this year. It's actually made by Trails and Farm Stand on Quadra Island. We basically go out all day. The focus is whales and everything's seasonal. We went out in uh, late February for the herring run because at that time of year, early March and late February into April, there's a lot of herring here spawning. That's just to the south of Discovery Island, south of Quadra, and then all around Hornby and Denman. And everything's connected. The sea lions come in for the herring. The salmon come in for the herring. And then what comes after that, the apex predator at the top of the food chain, which is the big orca whales. This time of year is actually an extraordinary time of year. There is so much life and there is such a incredible trophic cascade that happens with these herring and so many whales. The bigs often go right into Gorge Harbor Marina, a nice little fishing spot for them. They go in there for the harbor seals. So we've actually gone in on tours into Gorge Harbor. (laughs) So this time of year is a really magical time to get out on those whale adventures and spend time with the bigs orca, which are the transient orca whales. I was talking to my friend, he's from Guaywanuk, Irvin, which is north in the North Grotten Archipelago. And he was saying it's like a potlatch for the bigs orca. There is an abundance of food. It, some days we saw like 30 to 40 whales. That was just a couple of weeks ago. We never see bigs orca in these large numbers during the summer. It's just during this late winter, spring when we ID them, we realized that a lot of them were actually siblings and sisters and cousins, and they're very vocal this time of year as well. If you drop the hydrophone to listen to their acoustics, they are chatting up a storm and it is absolutely phenomenal. It sounds like, it literally sounds like you're on another planet when the bigs are vocalizing. It's very metallic and it's very strange. It's hard to relate to. It's so otherworldly. It's a magical, magical experience. So we've been running that one in the Into the Wild, which is the four hour. And we see whales on both tours. We've seen whales every single tour except for one. And we've run about 20 tours now since the end of February. The most dramatic thing I ever saw of Quadra Island, it was in the summertime. I actually wasn't even working. We had the evening off. I think we had had a tour that day and saw on Facebook, there's orca whales in Harriet Bay and they're hunting dolphins. You always hear the stories about Biggs Orca hunting dolphins and how dramatic it is because dolphins are extremely fast. However, it's very rare to see it out here. I've never seen it on a tour. You get reports here and there. So we went down there and there was hundreds of people. It turned out that it was the, which is a pretty famous family around the Discovery Islands. They spent a lot of time here in Desolation Sound, Discovery Islands. And they have a nickname here with all the guides called the dolphin killers because the T90s are usually spotted at every dolphin hunt. They're definitely specialized in hunting Pacific white-sided dolphins. So it went on for five hours. You'd think that they were going to come right into the marina, but they didn't. They had a plan. They would slowly float in the whole family, very relaxed. They were having fun. They were splashing around, but they would corral the dolphin when they would come in close and terrify them. They did this for five hours. And once the sun started to set and the sun was just about to go down, I think the dolphins really needed to use all of their senses to get out of there, their eyesight, echolocation, everything. So I'm assuming that's why they left right before it got dark. Everything got quiet. The orca whales went down, the dolphins went down and everyone's like, what's going on? What's going on? Everyone's whispering. 
it was the anticipation of it all was, it was scary and it was exciting. And we all of a sudden saw the dolphins emerge and they came in this zigzag pattern and from right in the Marina in Harriet Bay in a perfect zigzag, they just went out and all of the eldest dolphins were at the front of the pod. We could tell that they were the eldest because they have a very curved dorsal fin. It's quite, you know, when you know what to look for, you can tell they had this really pattern that they were going out in. And you just knew that the once the front were going to get hit first, and all of a sudden, all the dolphins went underwater. Then there was just a massive orca whale breach and a dolphin flying in the air. It was right just outside of where the Cortez Island ferry docks, uh, the pilings there. It was incredible, dramatic, traumatic, exciting. And yeah, they definitely killed a couple of dolphins right in front of us. There's a lot of uh, just massive breaches from both the whales and the dolphins. Then you saw dolphins just running. I've never seen dolphins move that fast out past Rebecca Spit and beyond. Then some were scared and ran back in. That was probably the most intense thing I've ever seen off Quadra Island. I actually wasn't working at all. Ruben and I were both there. (laughs) Everything's seasonal. The bigs are dominating this time of year. They're having their potlatch celebrations. It's what it feels like, you know, connecting with, with family members from all over the coast. Then they're still here all summer long, but in smaller groups, they're smaller family matriarchal pods. Um, in June, the humpback whales move in all around Quadra Island and Discovery Islands. It's a hot spot for them. They really love um, between Quadra and Sudal, the Penn Islands. Will be shoals off Quadra every single day. Middle Natch Island. They generally dive deep, and we're, we believe that they're feeding on a lot of krill down in the deep waters. There are different pods or groups of whales that will come through, but they do it in small groups. We saw them bubble feeding along the Reed Island shoreline a couple of years ago. In the northern Great Bear Rainforest, they're big, dramatic groups bubble feeding, but here it'll be two to three whales that we see bubble feeding. And they've bubble feed for forage fish like herring off Reed Island. They'll be here all summer and straight through into the fall. We had a majestic whales trip in the fall and went around Cortez Reef and into Desolation Sound. Off of Mink Island, we spotted some humpback whales and uh, went out there to check them out. There was a sailboat out there as well, and I think like a little kind of fishing boat. But they were ways off in the distance. We were just, you know, hanging out, waiting for them to come up. And there's this thing that's called a mugging in the industry. It only happens with humpback whales in this area. Orca just mind their business. They just do their own thing. But humpback whales will tend to come up and say hello to the boats. If this happens in our industry, we have to shut our engines off and we have to wait and let them maneuver around us and wait until we're at a safe distance and we get away. However, sometimes it's called a mugging because you're basically held hostage (laughs) for as long as the humpbacks want to dance around the boat and say hello, which is very exciting. These are massive whales. So we had a fall tour with locals from uh, Campbell River and Quadra Island. And we basically had these humpbacks. It it really feels like a ballet dancing all around the boat. They're so giant and they're so gentle around the boat. And it was spectacular. It was two whales. One of them was, I forget the name now. We ID'd one of them. But when you see them up that close, it really puts things into perspective. And they're so gentle and sweet and That was probably the most beautiful um, experience I've ever had in a mugging. And the longest one. We were there for 45 minutes while they were dancing all around the boat. (laughs) 
And then as soon as they were ready to go, then we moved away and I watched them from a distance and said goodbye. I've been guiding in this area for seven years now. And every year we've had an increase in the Biggs orca whale and in the humpbacks. This program is focused on experiences with eagles and whales, but some of the tours at Wild Water Adventures feature hiking, swimming, and or forest bathing. There's also sightings of black bears, grizzly bears, Pacific white-sided dolphins, dolls porpoise, stellar sea lions, harbor seals, and marine birds. This place is, it's really, really special, and it has a lot of unique natural phenomenons and the whales the wildlife are really moving back in here now it's really become a safe haven for them as a company that's why we have a very strong sustainability business model and i think i hope that more companies will do that in the coming years protecting the wildlife from all kinds of industries like plastic pollution and overfishing i'm not going to go into different practices that affect whales and the ocean but we need to protect this area I think it, it, it would be really special to make this area a biosphere reserve okay. in the coming future. You've been listening to an interview with Jennifer Smalley of Wild Waters Adventures. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye. <laughs>